You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is a Monday edition of the Locked On Utes podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We have a Monday show for you, meaning we're going to step aside for the most part, provide you a lot of uh, comments from the post-practice scrimmage uh, media availability. Uh, first up, we'll listen to Kyle Whittingham. He had some interesting things to say about a certain position group that's been on the mind of everyone in the offseason that we thought maybe was fine, but now we're hearing something different. We'll also hear from uh, the emerging new star at corner for the University of Utah, Clark Phillips, followed up by Solomon Enos, the what I think will be the breakout candidate from the wide receiver group there at the University of Utah. All coming up next on today's episode of the Locked on Utes podcast. That's for August 23rd, 2021. Happy Monday to everybody. It is a great day to be a Ute. And Locked On Ute's days are always better than others. Thank you so much for joining me today, a Monday, on the Locked On Ute's podcast. Brought to you by the Locked On NFL Preview Show. The NFL season is about to begin and nobody covers it like the Locked On Podcast Network. August 30th through September 8th, Locked On's Ultimate Season Preview is taking you through every team and every division with the help of Odyssey's lineup of NFL experts. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts to tune in beginning August 30th. I would suspect that there's probably going to be some Utes in that conversation, some former Utes anyways, some pro Utes, hashtag pro Utes. Pretty good weekend for a lot of those guys. We'll talk about that down the road a little bit here. But first off, wanted to break down what was the end of Camp Kyle 2021. Saturday went up to Rice-Eccles Stadium, saw the south end zone. Uh, I've now seen it a couple times. It does not uh, – it never gets old. I'm just going to say it like that. It, it, it's beautifully done. In fact, it's almost a shame that they couldn't redo the whole stadium because – the South End Zone is so cool and so well done and and very uh, very well thought out. And it's just it's great to have some that kind of a facility now, that caliber of a facility. As someone who's been in the locker rooms at the old South End Zone, um, probably since yeah, I was three or four years old. I mean, I remember going into the bathrooms there and thinking, wow, this is nice before everything else around it was new. But I've also been in those locker rooms as a player, both in high school and in college. My bowl game at Snow College, the top of the mountains bowl, was at Rice-Eccles. They were never great. Uh, that's just the bottom line. And these new locker rooms are absolutely gorgeous, beautiful, large, spacious. Even the visitor locker room is a massive improvement over what the University of Utah used to have for their home team. So... A lot of great things. Hope everybody had a good time, was able to get up for the open house up there. Wanted to play the entirety of Kyle Whittingham's comments here for you. He had some interesting things to say, said that they know who's going to be the starting quarterback. Likely not to announce it. Uh, kind of a weird timeline there. He said, maybe announce it on Monday, but drop a depth chart on Thursday. So... 
pick, pick throw dart. <laughs> you know, I, we're, this is Kyle Whittingham's world, and we're all living in it. Uh, you know, and and look, you really can't complain given what he's done with the program. So, without further ado, the head man at the University of Utah football program, Kyle Whittingham. How'd it go? It was a good day. Um, wasn't as physical as last scrimmage. The reason being, we did a lot of what we call thud work instead of live work throughout the entire time. It was about 50-50 today, whereas last scrimmage was 100% live work. You know, we're 12 days out. Uh, you don't have a waiver wire in college. You lose some guys, you're, you got what you got. And so we erred on the side of uh, being um, cautious, particularly with the ones. But uh, we still got good work done. It was a productive day and another step forward for us. What did you see from your quarterbacks? Good stuff. They're still uh, doing a great job. We'll definitely have a guy named on Monday. We'll probably release a depth chart on Thursday, a week out ahead of the game, and uh, go from there. Do you have an inkling where you want to go with the QBs, or are you still trying to make up your mind on that? Uh, we'll have an inkling after we watch this tape. It'll be decided today. It'll be decided in-house today. Yep. When are you going to announce it? Uh, well, we'll give you a depth chart Thursday. I guess we could play that game of... <laughs> Either or, uh, I don't know if that you know serves any benefit for us. But but Thursday you'll have a depth chart of uh, our projected starters. Were you happy with what you saw from the quarterbacks? Did uh -huh. they make it tough on you again today, or did somebody step forward? They've made it tough uh, the entire time, and it's it's uh, like I said, it's going to be a close call. But we feel like we've got a, a enough body of work now to uh, to make the call and they're, they're both really good players so I can tell you that and we've got a good situation in that regard where we're picking from two guys that uh, are both uh, very high quality quarterbacks. What's your situation with uh, wide receivers? Do you have the depth that you feel like you need? Yeah, we feel like we do. We've got six or seven guys that we're real confident in and then looking for a, another guy or two to emerge and uh, again that depth will be announced on Thursday. And uh, really, the old line, we've had a lot of guys banged up. That's probably the, the most concerning thing right now is the continuity of the old line because they haven't, it's been like a revolving door with, with guys getting dinged. And so that needs to change. We've got to get those guys uh, playing together as a unit, and we're running out of time. So that, that's the most concerning thing for me right now. Do you have five that you like up front that are healthy right now? Uh, yeah, we'll always be able to put the five out there because we got like 10 or 11 that we really like. But, but to get the top five out there, we haven't been able to do that because guys have been missing practice. You said early in camp that you guys were at 92% in terms of uh, yep. the back straight. Has that number gone up? Yeah, it's going to be 95. That's about where we're going to level off at, 95%. Anybody who's not vaccinated, will those guys – be allowed to travel once you're traveling yeah as far as i'm concerned now there may be restrictions on the places we're going you know there's a, there's a distinct possibility that some of these uh, away games if you're not vaccinated you can't do it and so that's beyond our control but but uh we're going to end up probably with uh half a dozen non-vaxxed out of 124 you do the math and that's about 95 percent has somebody emerged as a running back one you? no and that's uh okay it's not ideal but it's okay it's not it's not uh, as pressing as uh, some of the other positions, quarterback, O-line, because we feel like we've got four real good ones. And, and my guess is, my, my, uh, I'm fairly certain that those guys will set, separate themselves and sort themselves out in the first game or two, and we'll know who's the, who's the prime, primary guy. What about that other uh, safety spot, or, or, or both of them up for grabs? Right now, uh, McKinney is running with the ones with Vontae Davis. Those two guys are the top guys. and. 
and uh, Kamoi Latu and Cole Bishop are running with the twos, and it's a battle for that fifth safety spot still. Is McKinney's experience maybe what separates him from the other two? That and other things. You know, he's very athletic. He was a four-star kid out of high school. He's got a ton of uh, athleticism, and, and he's very smart. Uh, came to us with a great football background and and uh, knowledge of defense and and uh, as you expect played for Washington quality program and so so he uh, is you know he's a this is his last year he's a senior and and he wants to make the most of it and he has so far he's had a really he had a really good camp which obviously is over now but but right now he's slated for number one that's not to say it's absolutely in concrete right now because we still have uh, about 10 practices before we line up and play you got the team moving in this week and also with the school starting next week. Do you start the regular s s uh, season practices now or is it still kind of more fall camp getting things worked in that way? It's regular season. What do you mean the team moving Sorry, in? I mean, I guess all of campuses, I guess, is moving in this week. Oh, yeah. Okay. I got you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And what we do, and we've done it every year for many years, is you have a, a Monday through Thursday run up to the game and then you repeat it. And so Monday through Thursday will be exactly like a game week, Monday through Thursday. Then on Friday, we'll start over again Monday and run right up to the, the game on Thursday. That, that's been our MO for years, and it gives the players a, a, a good idea of what's expected the first run through, and then they know exactly what to expect the second run through. Have uh, X and Van separated at all? Uh, Van right now has been running with the ones, and X would be the first guy in as of now. Mika and Van are the, are the guys that, and uh, X was down for a few days with an injury, and Van really made the most of that. And Van is, Van is uh, really, uh, the light switch has gone on for him this fall camp, and we're, we're expecting him to have a, a very solid year. What, what have you accomplished in, in camp that, that maybe you didn't think was, was going to be able to be accomplished? <sighs> well, we feel uh, like we've addressed pretty much every area. The only thing, like I said, that concerned me is the old line. Everything else I think is is either addressed or on its way to being addressed. And uh, our punter has gotten much better. You know, we'll see how he reacts when the bright lights are on, but but his uh, he's done a nice job. And of course we got an all pack twelve kicker returning and Jaden Redding, so we got a, hopefully a solid guy there. And so I'm I'm gonna tell you right now that uh, we've had a good camp and pretty much all the issues have been addressed and all the question marks uh, with the exception of getting the five top linemen together. You've had quarterback competitions before. Uh -huh. Was this one as close and as tough to sort through as you've had? It was, exactly. And, and uh, you know, I just think back, uh, and, and we're not just making stuff up and trying to, you know, gamesmanship. I mean, back when Tyler Huntley and, and uh, Troy Williams were battling, everyone says, oh, it's going to be Troy. There's no, you know, they're just posturing or whatever. Ended up being Tyler. And then we had uh, Bentley and, and Cam. It was always oh, Bentley. What do you mean? You know, why, why are they, why are they pulling all this nonsense? And it was Cam. And so it's legitimate. And we're gonna, you know, we have a guy that we'll have a guy today that we are gonna name. And and uh, it's been legitimately uh, complete neck and neck competition. And both those guys have done an outstanding job. Does it say something about Cam that? He's coming off the injury. Well, it didn't surprise me, yeah. but in fairness to Cam, without being here in spring, we owed it to him to give him every opportunity. He won the job last year, and and uh, we'd be, it wouldn't be intelligent to not give him every chance to you know to see where he's at, and and he's proven that he's back right where he left off last year, and and uh, then you got Charlie Brewer who's thrown for ten thousand yards and won you know forty something games at this level or whatever it is, and so. So he's, uh, you know, he's got his plus side of the ledger as well. That competition behind both of them, like quarterback, have you sorted that out yet, or is that kind of similar to the as well? Uh, it's, it's being sorted out, and we, we have a pretty good idea. And, and 
you know, we'd uh, we don't want to say anything about that publicly right now, and until we tell them exactly what our plans are. Can you just speak to the leadership of Solomon Ennis with this young um, wide receiving core? Yeah, he's done a great job, I and mean, he's only a junior. You know, even though he's been here for a lot of years, he's he's a junior, but uh, he is he has really stepped up between him and Covey. Those are definitely the two leaders uh, at the receiver spot. And uh, Solomon knows what the expectations are in this program, and he demands that that receiver group live up to those expectations. All right, so there you have it, Kyle Whittingham, as he spoke to the media on Saturday. And I think the thing that's going to stick out to most everybody there is his comments on the offensive line, how now all of a sudden it's a concern. And uh, the big problem is injuries, obviously, that they haven't been able to get a consistent group of five. I want to take this time to remind everybody that when coaches speak to the media, they're really only speaking to one group, and that is the players. And so more than likely to me, this is one of two things. One, it's either Kyle Whittingham trying to get a message across to those guys that are on the offensive line who have maybe been in and out of lineups or or been injured, like, hey, knock it off, get out of the training room, get on the field, let's get this done. Which, I'm going to be honest, like when you're a big dude and things hurt, like, like it's easy to opt out. It, it is one of the uh, I, I you know uh, two weeks in in fall camp one year when I was playing in JUCO I opted out because I had turf toe. Now I'm not trying to minimize how painful turf toe is because anybody listening who's had turf toe knows how painful it is and how hard it is because everything that you do is with your big toe and so pushing off with a uh, with with that is is not an easy uh, not an easy thing. But that being said. Um, the message that Kyle's delivering seems to be like, hey, we're all waiting on you. And so if there's a guy out there who's maybe milking an injury, and I don't even want to say milking it because that's not a very fair term. If there's a guy that is taking some time to get back that maybe could be cleared or, or is maybe ready to go or could fight through it a little bit, uh, but that isn't, then that's that could be one thing that Kyle Whittingham's um, <clears throat> kind of conveying there. The other part of it too is, is that uh, up until this point, we've heard that the offensive line is, has done well, that there's been a lot of growth, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't know that that's necessarily changed. It, he mentioned it there, that they're very confident that they have five guys that they can put out there. He said even 10 or 11, which not surprising to me because you've got a big group of guys that needed some development, and this is about the time when they start to really emerge um, but they do need the consistency, and, and, and really the amount of time that they have to get ready for all that is short, and, and you're lucky because you have an off, uh, an out-of-conference schedule that allows you maybe some flexibility with that, but the bottom line is, is that can't be reassuring to Utah fans. It's not reassuring to me, and the part that I always struggle with at this point is that we, never, we, don't, we don't ever get to see practices. And, and look, I, if I were Kyle Whittingham, I would do the same thing. And that hurts to say in some respects because I think, you know, you see what Jed Fish has done at Arizona. He's opened up the world um, to see what's going on down there, and it's been really successful. They, they, they've generated a ton of interest. People are invested. They're watching what's going on. And that's really easy to do when you suck. Uh, when you're good and, and you're going towards and marching towards goals, everything on the outside is a threat to what your goals are. And, and that's... That seems so weird because everybody thinks, well, it's the fan base. These are people who are rooting on the team. Yeah, but the, the other part about it, too, is that when people get so invested in something that they're not actively a part of um, or, or in the walls every single day, a lot of things can be misconstrued or misunderstood. And I've tried to convey to people that 
you know, when you're when you're inside those walls, it's just like how things are at, at your work, like your office. Yeah, it's different because it's football, but the same kind of emotions, the same feelings, the same everything that you feel at your job from time to time, they happen there. Guys complain about things, and and when you hear that stuff out of context, and I want to convey something too about the, the commentary there. You know, Kyle was for the most part initial part of camp he was very relaxed very positive he seemed i don't want to say stressed um but a lot tighter uh we'll call it that and and some of that is just getting into the season and i'm sure some of it is just everything that they're dealing with they were trying to open up uh a new south end zone that night with an open house and 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 everything's tight right now and then you think about everything that they're starting to deal with now all the covid conversations coming back up again i'm sure guys are worried and you heard josh newman ask about vaccinations and he's got to sit here and hem and haw about that and you know try and figure out why these kids aren't buying on to the, the last little bit of it and i get personal reasons and everything like that i i um, you've got to come with a better thing than you just personally don't want to do something if, when it comes to the health and safety of everybody in this country, in my opinion. Um, but that's me being a teammate, and that's me understanding what the goal is. When Nick Saban comes out and says it is a competitive advantage to have everybody vaccinated and you're actually seeing it unfold, uh, you know, I think that's, that's a message enough. Um, that being said, and it's not even a political thing at this point. What it is is it's your ability to get on the field, play games, and be competitive. That is what this is allowing you to do. So it's the same thing as getting your treatment. It's the same thing as eating right. It's the same thing as getting your workouts done. It's the same thing as being academically eligible. It is another piece to the responsibility of being a football player. Um, so you know, there's a lot of that going on right now with them, the air quality thing, everything like that. The last week of camp is always just brutal, too, because you're so tired of hitting each other. You're so tired of of not having something to work towards. And, and you'll hear upcomings in Solomon Enos's comments a little bit about how uh, they've even started to narrow in on some of the opponent stuff already. But uh, it's it just camp is just a grind like that. And so um, some other things, obviously, the quarterback thing is interesting um you know i i i think the big thing and, and maybe this is a good one tag us at locked on utes send us an email locked on utes at gmail.com and let us know what you thought was the most interesting aspect of, of his interview uh for me really what it was is you know it was kind of f- fascinating when josh furlong asked him about kids are moving in and kyle kind of whipped around and looked at him and said moving in what do you mean and and you know i i that's the the wild part about what's going on at this part in the year is that, you know, those guys are moving from the hotel that they were in into the dorms and they actually did a vlog or a U-log or whatever they call it um, on the social media team about it. That was really great. Uh, definitely worth checking out. Uh, Zero Way Williams is becoming one of my favorite players up there. First off, he's 6'7", 275, and he just looks like, uh, well, I he looks like Adonis is what he looks like. Um, but also, he was very fun to listen to. He's got a nickname on the team. He sounds like he's just there to uh, really uh, to, to work and grind and get all his teammates on the same page uh, from what I've been able to hear. So definitely worth your time to go watch that. But like even that, Kyle, kind of bristled a little bit at Josh until Josh explained it. And then he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. And, and that's just – 
the mode that you get into this point in the season. Like camp is stressful for coaches. It's stressful for players. It's, and it's meant to be that because you're going to hit stress throughout the year. It's, it's, this is all with intelligent design behind it because you're going to continue to, to encounter adversity throughout the season. And you want to be able to rely on a recent memory or recent experiences of going through camp, of experiencing difficulties, and and ease the tension as you go through the season and, and really focus in and give yourself some confidence as you go through it. So uh, sometimes I think the comments that we take from the coaches, maybe we take them a little bit too seriously on our end uh, simply because it is so hard to be mindful of everything and in control of emotions and everything like that. So, uh, but I do think that there are some, some interesting tidbits there from Kyle Whittingham. And there will also be some interesting tidbits as we come up on the other side with Clark Phillips and Solomon Enos. Uh, so we'll get to that on the other side. Uh, while you sit here sweating it out for those interviews, I'm going to tell you about Sweat Block, which is going to keep you from sweating. It is a doctor-created, doctor-recommended uh, wipe. Works up to seven days per use. Comes with a dry shirt guarantee. If Sweat Block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. Featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by Firefighters. Bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years. Over 13,000 reviews. And manufactured in America. Sweat Block is great because I've, uh, you know, I am a sweaty guy. Uh, that shouldn't surprise no one, as I am a large, active individual in terms of my energy level, but also my size. And wouldn't you know, I tend to sweat through shirts. And once they sent me the sweat block, it was great. I just put it on one night before I went to bed. And I used the deodorant, which smells really, really good. And I have been clean and dry and happy for a while now. You don't get the underarm stink. You don't get the, the awkward like feeling and everything like that. And I'm somebody that really has to... Uh, be careful about what he uses under his arms because he gets so sweaty. And, and um, I, you don't want to hear what happens underneath there, but let me tell you, sweat block is the solution for that. It is stronger, more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. Uh, next morning when you wake up after you wipe it down, just wash, go about your day without worrying about sweat guaranteed. Uh, I know it sounds too good to be true, but uh, I've only used it once a week, and I haven't had any issues with it. So no more pitting out. No more picking my shirts based on which one's going to hide the sweat better. No more having to worry about the gross uh, stuff residue being left behind in your shirts. Sweat Block takes care of all of that. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweat Block. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on, all one word, or at Amazon and CVS. Back at it here on the Locked On Youths podcast as part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Going to jump right into it. Clark Phillips spoke to the media after uh, after the scrimmage and had something interesting to say about what his specific role was for that part of the scrimmage, mainly playing at the nickel position. It does sound like it is going to be uh, going to be Malone Mattaele at the nickel spot, but Clark Phillips definitely getting some work in and tells you. Just a little bit about how in-depth Utah's coaching staff is when it comes to planning for things. Without further ado, here is Mr. Clark Phillips. Very much so. All nickel reps. Nickel reps? So are, are, you, are you getting more and more comfortable? I know, I know that you got some reps there last year. Yeah, no, nah, I didn't really get to play as much nickel this fall camp, but um, the coaches did let me know that the last scrimmage I'd be all nickel. So that was fun. Do you, th do you think that they'll switch you up at all, or is this just kind of a fun opportunity for you? 
Um, just to kind of keep me acclimated, I feel like, you know, so I don't get rusty. How do you feel like the, the overall scrimmage and fall camp has gone so far, especially now that this is kind of really your first opportunity to get this? Great. Great. No, we got a lot accomplished. Um, we did the things we said we would, and should we be ready going into game one. Were your reps at nickel more for refreshing and in case something happens to yeah. Mate Ele? So I'd assume you're the guy that slots in there if something happens to Malone? That's the plan. Nah, because last year we had a similar situation. Malone got uh, ejected for targeting. I had to get thrown in there, so we want to be ready for it this year. Are you, are you seeing growth out of the whole secondary now, now that you guys have gone through camp? Yeah, everyone. I mean, one, two, three deep. I mean, everyone's kind of doing some good things. Uh, everyone's kind of got those reps, and I feel like this was a very, very productive fall camp. Kyle said in the past about, you know, for the secondary spe especially, just trying to get the situational awareness and different things that way. How do you yeah. feel like that's coming along for you and, and the rest of the guys out there? Uh, first off, for me personally, I feel like it's, it's coming along really well. Um, being a freshman last year, I feel like the growth has been crazy. Um, and then as a team, Coach Galley always is going to put us in great positions. He always calls the right thing. And, you know, his intelligence for, you know, understanding situations is the best I know. Where, where do you feel like you have you, the team has to go in these next, you know, what, 12 days or so before you guys kick off against Weber State? You said it, situations. You know, just understanding, you know, wh how Weber State is going to attack us, uh, how we need to attack them. And then just, you know, kind of playing within our culture, RSMB. Is there a sense of relief with camp being done and now you can focus on an opponent? Most definitely. Nah, camp is, is fun, it's long, um, it's tiring, uh, but you really learn a lot. And now, you know, we'll be able to kind of prepare for the full game for a real game now. How did the defense perform this week as compared to last? Um, last week was good. Um, this week was a lot better. We, um, you know, as we get closer to a game, we like to say now we're game ready. What do you feel like the difference was this week? Just comfort level. Everyone kind of had those reps, and um, for me, even like getting done in a nickel was different because I've been playing all outside. So I'd say just comfort level. There you have it, Clark Phillips, as he spoke to the media. I thought it was interesting that he pointed out that he didn't get a lot of time at nickel uh, previously, but it was excited to get back there again. Uh, you know, so I think part of that is just Clark Phillips is an incredibly polished young man. You can tell he has a great presence about him, a lot of confidence. Very well spoken. It's it's clear that he has been prepared to uh, to have this role to be, to be um, uh, you know in front of the spotlight in front of the microphone for a long time. Very thoughtful young man, and I think the uh, University of Utah is really lucky to have gotten him. Uh, some great work by Coach Sharif Shah there, but he is a fine young man, and I really do enjoy listening to him talk and and everything that he had to say. So. Uh, but, yeah, getting some work there at the nickel just in case um, there in the last scrimmage. Up next, we have Solomon Enos, another uh, young man that I really enjoy being around. He's uh, great to talk to, good to know, um, and the kind of player that I really feel like is about to have a breakout season this year. <laughs> so uh, camp wraps, how would, it, how would you say it went overall? Uh, overall, it was great. Uh, the young guys really grew. Offense has really, you know, solidified itself in the passing run game, and then defense is always going to be, you know, the focal point. They're solidified as well, especially with the young guys stepping up. But overall, it was a good camp. What's been so uh, good about the offense this year, is maybe into years past, and you, that you've seen? Um, well, our offense, I feel like, has always been consistent. You know, with a great run game followed by a great pay, uh, play action pass behind it, but. You know, I feel like we're very consistent being versatile in a sense of we can spread it out or we can do the play action and then we can just run the ball downhill the whole game if we need to. So I think building off of that has been really good. How do you feel you guys are at the quarterback spot? I mean, you can't go wrong. Uh, having a great 
starting and backup quarterback. I mean, we don't know yet, but, um, you know, it's a great situation to be in because you never know, especially like last year, Cam went down and we had Jake Bentley, great guy. But, um, you know, with Charlie and Cam, there's no drop-off whatsoever, and I can't even decide who's going to be the first one. How, how deep are the wideouts right now? About how many guys deep right now? Uh, we got a good solid two and a half uh, depth-wise. I feel like the young guys are really stepping up. Um, we just got to get them, you know, experience. You know, at college football, you can make plays and practice and stuff, but once you get into that stadium full of people, you know, you have to hopefully see it translate. Um, with Vele being there, you know, he's – he stepped up, been a guy we can lean on. Theo came in being professional, handled everything well. Uh, the young guys, Money, Munir coming in, transferring from SC, he handles the playbook uh, pretty well. But, you know, I mean, JD, Kyrie's, Covey, you can't go wrong. We're, we have depth everywhere. It's just now we're just finding that level of consistency. There's been some chatter during camp about trying to compare this team to the 2019 team. You know, what do you see out there from this group that leads you to believe that maybe you guys could kind of do something special down the road? I just think the chemistry is more there this year, you know, with uh, – with everyone being vaccinated and with COVID going on, uh, we were limited last year. But this year, you know, we've been having more team building activity, just being around each other more. Um, but in a sense of 2019 expectations, it feels like it. But then again, we have to surpass what people are putting on us. And we don't really listen to it. We have goals for ourselves. But at the end of the day, we feel like we're close as a family. We know we got to get the job done. And uh, that's exactly how 2019 felt. But we're trying to surpass what we did in 2019 sense of relief with camp done now you can focus on Weber State uh, I mean we've been focusing on Weber State for about well at least the receivers for about a week and a half now we've been you know just trying to get the playbook down but obviously you always want to keep them in the corner of your mind you don't want to completely wash them out because they're a great team and you know the best team's going to win that game but um yeah just finishing up camp now we can really lock in and hone on who we got to play and you know, I'm really excited for it. What's what's Chad Bumpus been able to do for you guys in, in that wide receiver room this year? I love Coach Bump. Uh, just energy, just brings energy every day. Even those early mornings when you roll your you roll out of bed and put your feet on the ground, you're like, oh, I got to get up. But you know, it's it's easy playing for him. You know, he gets you fired up, making plays. Making plays is like it's like contagious in this program. You know, especially with the receiver group. Um, but Coach Brown brings it every day, and you just love playing for a guy like that. He's been there. He's done it. He's relatable. You know, just very motivating. Solomon Eunice there, and without a doubt, the, the part that really stands out to me are his comments on Coach Chad Bumpus. And I think that was a major, major move by the University of Utah in the offseason to bring back Coach Bump. He is a very well-liked coach, both in the industry by the players and also in-house at the University of Utah, and charismatic, personable, does a great job with the players, does a great job with the energy level, has done a great job on the recruiting trail. I think he's going to be a big asset to this program moving forward for sure. And you can just feel the energy from the receiver group in general. Uh, interesting that Solo Solo mentioned Money Parks in that interview. He's a guy that, as we've heard about it, it, the light has not gone on yet for him. Usually that means like the playbook or the understanding or something like that is, has been limiting to them. In fact, you heard Kyle Whittingham earlier talk about how the light went on for Van Fillinger. I think really what it, with Van, he – he uh, he is really z- z- dialed in his diet, lost some weight, and really, uh, you know, 
again, I hate to harp on this, but I think last year was just really hard on a lot of those guys. And so I think getting into a regular routine really helped him a lot. Um, he seems a lot more comfortable, a lot more like himself. His personality really came out a lot this year. That was really fun to watch. Um, but solo I, I he's a guy that's been a favorite of Utah fans for a while. Um, it seems like all the ups and downs have really formed him into a – he's always been a fine young man. There's no doubt about it. But the ups and downs have really – uh, formed him into a great leader for that group, and I do have high hopes and uh, uh, anticipate him being very successful this year. Uh, you know, some of that will be outside of his control. Some of it will uh, come down to what the quarterbacks can do. So, in the meantime, we're going to talk about what happened over the weekend up on the hill in terms of the other athletics going on. Um, but while we do that, you may want to take a break. And while you take that break, you're probably going to want to reach for a Built Bar. You know how I feel about Built Bar. It is my favorite protein bar because it just tastes better and it is healthy for you. There are nine delicious flavors, including the occasional limited time. Pistachio was out over the weekend. Don't know if you grabbed a box of that. I think other people did. Um, but the nine flavors, you know my favorites. I love cherry. I love double chocolate. I love cookies and cream. I'm a huge fan of the orange. Orange, without a doubt, is a top-notch flavor. Uh, everybody that I, I I give the orange to really does say, wow, it tastes just like those orange sticks from when I was a kid. Uh, I have to get another box of orange because my box is now all gone. But if you haven't tried them, those are the ones I recommend. The best part about it, 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. Uh, that's the reason why Built Bar is the best because it tastes good, it is healthy, and it, uh, it it is portable. That's another great part about it. So go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCK15, you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built Bar. It is officially that time of year, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's right, 100%. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo, which equals making a bet on Thursday, September 9th, season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. So you make that bet, they'll refund it up to $25. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Some brief news and notes as we wrap things up here on the Locked on Utes podcast. Thank you so much for hanging with me on a Monday. Uh, women's soccer took on the Boise State Broncos. They fell to the Broncos on Sunday, one to zero, one nil, uh, as they say in the world of soccer. Um, tough loss for for the Lady Utes, but uh, showed some promise. Beat Portland three to one. Um, had a good opportunity uh, early in the second half where Taliana Kafusi had a great scoring chance. 
beat our defender to the right and into the box, created a space to fire a shot on goal um, where the keeper made a save and sent the ball up over the top of the net. Um, other than that, you know, it was a tough, hard-fought defensive battle there for the Lady Utes. Not able to get the uh, um, not able to get the win, but seeing a lot of good promise from this team. It is a younger squad. Uh, I thought, you know, from from the highlights that I caught and and from the uh, little bit of action that I was able to watch, you know, they have a lot of promise there. Plenty of shots. Plenty of shots on goal. Um, you know, Taliana Kafusi is going to lead the way for this team. I think Eden Jacobson, Michaela Christensen are others to watch for them as well as Cor- Courtney Talbot. So keep an eye on the Lady Utes. Uh, they will be at Denver for their next game on the 26th at 7 p.m. Um, you can find the full roster and all the other information at utahutes.com. Also, uh, open house. I hope you got up there to see the new South End Zone because it is absolutely gorgeous. They have a lot of cool things planned for it, and it's really going to improve the game day atmosphere there. The Red Gar- the Ken Garf Red Zone Performance Zone, um, you know, uh, as as I guess it's going to be Ken Garf Red Zone is what we'll be calling it. Um, and it was a great event. I thought Amanda Smith did an amazing job of of showing it off on social media. Obviously, the great Bill Riley anchoring the coverage there, doing some interviews and everything like that. The content team at the University of Utah does an amazing, incredible job. And uh, I hope you're going to the website. I hope you're going to the Facebook. I hope you're going to Instagram and checking all this stuff out. It it does them a huge service when we do watch that stuff. I try to amplify it as much as I can on here because they're great people. They do a great job, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Lastly, closing things out, uh, Utah Volleyball had their red and white match. Uh, to close out the camp, I am super excited for volleyball, as always. Another year with Danny Drews is never a bad thing. In fact, uh, again, Utah Athletics posted a really fun video with her, um, you know, mic'd up, and that was really fun. So uh, give that a look when you can. Uh, that season will start August 27th at Utah Valley in Orem. The match is at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. Then Utah Valley will make the return trip back up to Salt Lake City on Saturday the 28th for a 7 p.m. tip on that one. So if you need more information or tickets, go to utahutes.com. As we've tried to uh, mention, things are going to be going digital, so you want to go to utahutes.com and get all that information. They are great with it uh, as well. That's today's episode of the Locked on Utes podcast. You'll be hearing much, much more from Jake and I with possibly a QB announcement. We'll see. Uh, If not, you know, we'll wait until Thursday when the death chart officially drops and we find out who won uh, everything, you know, uh, but <laughs> until then, there will always, always, always be plenty to discuss. That's the great part about doing this podcast, especially right now where there's so much going full season. Thank you, as always, for following us, for uh, uh, tweeting at us at Locked on Utes or for emailing us, LockedOnUtes at gmail.com. This has been the Locked on Utes podcast for August 23rd, 2021, and we will talk to you again tomorrow.